Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Welcome, uh, everyone, um, to um, Church at Cross Point, virtual but real, uh, as we are coming together. Uh, and I do want to just come at the begin- beginning today and just uh, be upfront, be honest. They say confession's good for the soul, but I, I come today with a certainly a heavy heart. Um, uh, with just all the images, um, you know, running across my brain with all the hurt and the hate and the division, uh, the, the violence, the suffering, the, the fear um, uh, that's in our, our nation right now, added on top of um, this unprecedented p- uh, pandemic. And so I just want you to know at the end of our, our service uh, today, uh, we're going to join with millions of other Christians and thousands upon thousands of other churches across America uh, at the end for a special time of intercession, you know, for our country. Uh, And so uh, I just, I want to encourage you to stay with me on that because certainly prayer, uh, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like much, it is the most powerful because we evoke the presence of living God, especially today as we are celebrating Pentecost Sunday. Uh, And um, I I know that God wants to put on each of our hearts uh, just an expectancy of of the outpouring of his spirit and the radical, radical, wonderful change that it can make. So um, I do come with a heavy heart, but I also come with a hope-filled heart. Uh, And that is because we know God's word says nothing is impossible with God. And uh, that's just not a cute little slogan, but that is the reality. Nothing is impossible with God. Uh, and so we, we embrace that and we hold, that, hold to that as followers of Christ. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was the one that said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Uh, and folks, we as followers of Jesus Christ are the people of love. I mean, we should have the market cornered on, on love. Uh, and we in Christ, we in Christ uh, are the hope for the world, the hope for our nation, the hope for our communities. Uh, I remember growing up in church and singing a, a, an old hymn entitled Love Lifted Me. Uh, I don't know if some of you remember that, uh, uh, but it said, you know, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, never to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me. And so he said, love lifted me, love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. And that's a, that's the promise that we have in God's word. And he says, in, and Paul says in Ephesians 3, uh, verse 10, that God's intent, God's intention 
God's purpose, God's plan is that through the church, that the manifold greatness of God be made known. So, you know, uh, it's really a continued call. I think God has given us a continued call. These aren't just my words, but an invitation for from God for the church to rise up. And as we began this uh, pandemic, that's the word that God gave us. That's the, the invitation that he gave us. Church, rise up and be the church. And so through this process, God is, is forging his faith into our lives. He is unleashing his church. He is purifying his church. And so there is this ongoing call for the church just to rise up, uh, not in our own strength, but in God's strength, not in our own wisdom, but in God's wisdom. And so that's why I'm so glad that we are, are in this series, that God kind of led us to this particular series of what it takes to really change. And uh, we've been in this for three weeks, and, and this is week four. And uh, we're going to continue to look at this with a sense of expectancy that God is wanting to continue to bring about change in our lives for his glory, but also for our own good. And so that his kingdom will come and his will be done on earth uh, as it is in heaven. So um, just uh, it, it is good to see your faces on Zoom. Uh, I want to welcome to also our Facebook uh, family out there. And I know we've got folks in Georgia. We've got folks in Alabama. we got folks in Florida. we got folks in Washington. we got folks in the UK. Shout out to our guys at NLB that I know you had a big time uh, Provino's dinner on Friday night. I hope you ran some of that off already, but we're so glad that, that uh, you are with us today. And we're so glad that God's promise is, is that when two or three are gathered, he is there. So he is here. He is there, uh, here, there, wherever you are, he is with us. And he wants to wrap his loving arms around us. But we want to turn our attention right now to his word. And, and as I was reading this morning, you know, uh, uh, that uh, the old standard, uh, that pattern uh, of Psalm of the day or Psalms of the day, and then also Proverbs, how relevant God's word is. And so for our Zoom family, uh, turn your attention to Pastor Aaron, and he will read uh, the passage from Proverbs uh, chapter 31, verses 1 through 9. And then for our Facebook family, uh, I will uh, I will read this passage and we'll pray together today. So, Pastor Aaron, take it away for Zoom family. Amen. Uh, thank you, Pastor Mike, for your leadership and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in these times. Uh, I, I, too, am uh, feeling the weight of heaviness of the, the sin um, and hatred and anger in our world today. But we have hope. Uh, we are all sons and daughters of the Most High God. And our hope and alone is in uh, the name of Jesus. So read with me in uh, Proverbs 31, uh, starting verse 1. Uh, let's read together. The sayings of King Lemuel contain this message, which his mother taught him. My son, oh, my son of my womb, oh, son of my vows, do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings women who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol, for if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying and wine is for the bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. 
Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Join me in prayer. Father, you alone are holy and you alone are good. Father, we come to you humbly as your children, as your servants, and ask for your guidance in this time. Father, we thank you for the wisdom that comes from the book of Proverbs. And Lord, we know that all wisdom comes from heaven. And you say in your word, Father, that the, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure and it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's reasonable, full of mercy and of good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. Father, we need that wisdom in these times right, right now. We need your peace that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we need your power to overflow in our hearts and out of our hearts to our neighbors. Father, we give you the praise, we give you the glory, and we give you the honor. And we thank you that we can be gathered as your children together in this time. We thank you for the work that you've already started and the work that you will bring to completion in each of us. We thank you for your love and that you are constant and that you are the rock of ages. We love you, Father, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. It's your precious name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, Pastor Aaron um, and uh, Zoom family and Facebook family. Um, we're going to just continue this series uh, uh, entitled What It Takes to Really Change. And today, really, the title of this uh, talk is The Greatest Barrier to Change and how appropriate. And we've been looking at the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, which is really the classic, uh, classic passage, a classic text on how to experience change in our lives. And so we've been looking at six different steps or six different principles. And uh, in the very first week, we talked about the principle of dedication and, and the, the fact that our response is to commit our whole bodies to God. And, and that's what the Apostle Paul says. He said, I beseech you, I beg you to present, to give, to surrender your whole bodies to God. Why? Because everything within us and everything that we do, we do within our bodies. And so uh, we just, uh, if you remember, the first law of change is simply this. Change is a choice. Change is a choice. So we spent some time looking at that. Second, uh, the second uh, week, we, we, we began by looking at that second verse, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And uh, we looked at the principle of concentration, how essential it is. So there's got to be dedication in order for us to experience change. And then there's got to be concentration. And so we said we need to refocus our minds. And that's when the Apostle Paul uh, uh, urged us, implored us, don't be conformed any longer to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. Change. Joining God always starts within our mind. And so we, we looked at that. Uh, that verse uh, really for two weeks. And, and, and we were reminded of that second law of change is that this, I must change my model. If I want to change, I must change my model. And see, uh, we talked about how easy it is for pickup patterns are to, to have our way of doing things. Why? Because that's the culture we live in. That's, that's, that's how we grew up. That's, that's our thinking. That's those that we followed. And we do not have anything but broken models in our world. 
Why? Because of sin. The only perfect model is Jesus. That's where we must uh, focus on him. That's the reason the Bible implores us to continue to look to him, uh, to seek him first. Uh, there must be that that principle of concentration. So here's the third. Here's the third step, or here's the third principle. In order for us to experience change, and it's so appropriate for the day, is that I must humbly assess my life. And this is the principle of evaluation. This is when it begins to sting just a little bit. But I must, I must evaluate my life. Because you see, here's the deal. The first and the greatest barrier to change in your life and my life is pride. Pride. Now we want to dismiss that, but that's going to be that's going to keep us from changing when we dismiss things, uh, uh, and that's just a prideful response. You know, whenever we go, well, you know, I'm about as good as the next guy out there, and, all, and whoa, whoa, we're missing it totally. We're missing it totally. The reality is that we all start off broken. Everything in our world is broken. And it's broken because of sin. And we see day in and day out, and especially here recently, the ravages of sin in our world and the results of that. Uh, and he says in, in, um, in this particular passage uh, here, he says, uh, verse three, uh, and for your Zoom uh, listeners or in, uh, family, you can see this on your screen. But in verse three, the NIV says this, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. So he's been sharing with us, you know, hey, I want to I beg you to present your bodies to God. Oh, please don't conform to this world, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now he says, now don't think, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But rather think of yourself with uh, sober judgment. Now, some of us would go, well, you know, I've never thought a whole lot of myself. Uh, and, and we kind of have that little uh, woe is me. Guess what? That's pride. That's pride, too. <laughs> it's a, we can we can be prideful on the high end and we can be prideful on the low end. But he is coming here to encourage us to just allow him through the renewing of our mind allowing him to be our model to now begin to allow him to reveal to us how we should think. The NLT says, uh, be honest in your estimate of yourselves. So it's just assessing where we are. Humbly assess my life. Where am I right now? And some of you are going, well, I'm just a lot better than I used to be. But are you where God wants you to be? Are you where God needs us to be? in order to be his light, his salt in the world around us. And uh, so when it comes to this assessment, you know, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, it is so hard. It is so hard. Uh, and, and Jesus knows, Jesus knew that. I mean, he saw that in so many, especially the self-righteous. He said, you are they who justify yourselves among men. You know, that which is highly esteemed among man is abomination in God's sight. So only God can truly do that. You know, and here's the reality. The only way that you and I will truly ever be willing to humbly assess ourselves uh, is whenever we experience the love and the acceptance of Jesus Christ. I believe a true assessment of our, our own lives is impossible apart from understanding this, the acceptance and the love of Jesus Christ. Because until that particular point, 
We're trying to save our life. We're trying to save our life. But Jesus says, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, then you will find it. So, um, and, and, you know, again, again, we've got to go, okay, what's our standard? You know, we're going to assess it according to what? Not your standard, God's standard. Uh, and what his desire and what his will is, what, is he, what, is, what does he say to us? You know, we claim that verse in Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. We love that. And then it goes on in verse 29 to say, and those that he foreknew, he also planned to be conformed to the image of Christ. So what we're, to, what we're doing is we're taking our life and we're setting it up to Jesus and we're assessing it according to him. And that's what he wants to do, humbly assess our life. Uh, a, a dear friend uh, sent me this, this this past week, uh, and you'll know who it is whenever I tell you. Uh, they were quoting, uh, they, they were reading Spurgeon, uh, a sermon from Spurgeon. And, and he said, man, this was really a convicting statement. And here, here's what Spurgeon says. He says, we can never be like the master till not only in public, but in private. We are God's own till we know how to struggle with strong crying tears. Never, never till we could almost shed great drops of blood when we are pleading for the souls of men. Never till our heart is ready to burst with a sacred agony when we are wrestling with God. Never till we uh, then shall we be conformed to the image of God, the son. I mean, think about that. He's going to be like Christ is to be broken over the condition of sin, broken over the condition of our world, broken over our own uh, deficiencies in sin. Um, if we're ever going to truly experience the change that God wants us to experience and therefore be change agents for him, we, we must come to this place of humbly, humbly assessing our life. You know, it's like one person said, man, you got to be humble or you're going to stumble. Well, we know that's true. And uh, it's especially true when it comes to, to being uh, God's agents. So in other words, uh, it's like the AT&T commercial. Uh, okay is uh, just okay is not okay. You know, we can't walk away from here going, you know, I'm, I'm okay. No, okay is, is not okay. Not when it comes to what God is wanting to do. Not when it comes to you and me being able to truly taste and see just how amazing God is and the plan and the purpose that he has for our life. So here we go. If we're going to truly experience change, then we need to ask ourselves some honest questions. Y'all ready? Uh, let me ask you, what are you pretending isn't a problem in your life? You might want to write down, what am I pretending is not a problem in my life? And it could, it could have anything to do with your relationships. It could have something to do uh, with your finances. It could have something to do with your attitudes. It could have something to do with your beliefs. It could have something to do with what's going on in our country today and the way we see ourselves and the way we see others. 
humbly assess your life. What, what, what am I pretending? You know, sometimes here's the way we do it. You know, it's like it, the way we go and we, we try to assess ourselves and we kind of say, okay, how am I doing, you know, spiritually with my mind, body and soul and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, but, but it would be like, and we go to God this way, it'd be kind of like, it'd be like going to the doctor and saying, God, Doc, there's something going on. I'm not sure what it is, but I can tell you a hundred. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to do a full physical evaluation. But I can tell you right now, it's not, it's not cancer. So you just check everything else out, but it ain't cancer. I can tell you that right now. Let me ask you, what are you, what are you just taking off the table? What are you taking off the table and saying, well, it ain't this. I ain't got this kind of problem. I ain't got this kind of issue. Uh, I, 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 I challenge you and I challenge me to bring it all. Just say, okay, God, I'm bringing it all. And I may think that this isn't, isn't a problem. That ain't a problem, but I just want to bring it for you. But here's the beautiful thing, folks. There's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. It's not like we're going to lose our life. We're going to find our life when we're just really willing to humbly come and bring all of our lives, all of our beliefs, all of our attitudes, and just lay it on the altar before the Lord. And that's when we find true freedom. And that's when we see reconciliation in relationships. That's when we see reconciliation in our nation. That's when we see healing. Whenever we are fully, uh, when we fully expose ourselves before God and allow him to do his wonderful transforming work within us. And we become more and more like Jesus Christ. Now, so uh, do, do you have enough courage to do that? Are you willing to do that? I mean, that's not me asking you to do it. I mean, that's what. The Apostle Paul, that's what God's saying. In order, if we want to experience a change that God desires in our life, then we we must, we must, we must do that. I need, maybe I need to pray for courage today. God, give me courage to face the truth about me and then bring that before you. But there's so much freedom whenever we bring it. And he may say, Yep, that's a sinful attitude. Yep. That's a sinful pattern in your life. Yep, that's what's separating you from experiencing my love and grace. That's what's separating you from really feeling intimacy in relationships. That's what's keeping us divided and, and, uh, and at odds with one another. Ask God for the courage to, to evaluate your life, to do an honest estimate of what's going on. I love the way that the, the Passion Translation puts verse number three. Uh, I'm in verse number three, uh, verse three out of Romans chapter 12. Uh, it says here, it says, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value. So we're ta we're taking now and we're saying, I'm not the standard. The world's not the standard. Jesus is the standard. 
And our faith in him becomes the standard of measurement that we use. And, and, and remember in verse in, in uh, week one, when we were talking about that paraphrase that says, hey, you know, live holy lives so that you can experience all that delights his heart. The standard is what delights God's heart? Is the way that I live my life, does it delight God's heart? Is my attitude uh, toward others uh, in my family, does it delight God's heart? Is my attitude toward people that are different than me, does it delight God's heart? Is is my attitude toward finances, does, does that delight God's heart? What is it that delights his heart? That, that, that passage says, in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Now, the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, we can't please God. So whatever response that we have today was, must be a response of faith, not of self, not, not of our wisdom, not of our thoughts, but of faith in him. And so I guess a question that would be another question that we could ask ourselves is this. Do I really have enough faith to believe that I can change? Do, do I have enough faith to believe what we've been saying throughout this whole pandemic? God is good and he redeems all that he allows. Do I really believe that? Do I really believe, do I have enough faith to believe that? Because see, that's God's word. And, and Jesus uh, even said this, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? And so that's why it's been so important during uh, this season, this pandemic, that we've seen that God is growing our faith. He is fortifying our faith. He is exposing where we haven't had faith. We've just kind of been on autopilot you know, with the patterns and the comfort of what's around us. And he said, no, 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 no. I want you to follow me. Follow me. So here's the third law of change. And we, we talked about the different laws of change. First law of change, change is a choice. Second law of change, I must change my model. I must change my model. Jesus is my only model. Not, for, not anybody else, no matter how great and grand they are. But the third law of change is this. I can only manage what I measure. I can only manage what I measure. And so, you know, what's that saying? It's saying <laughs> there's no way I can know how to get to where God wants to take me unless I know where I am. We have to measure. We must assess where I am. If I wanted to come to your house uh, and, and, and I called you up and said, hey, I'd like to come for lunch. By the way, if anybody's cooking up something really good, give me a holler. Uh, I'd love to come to your house. And, and, uh, and, and, and you were to say, and, and I were to say, hey, how do I get there? You'd say, well, where are you? Then, well, where are you? And then you could tell me. You, you could tell me how to get there. In order for us to be able to experience change, lasting change, wonderful change, uh, it starts by knowing where we are. Just where are you? Are you, are you courageous enough to, uh, to really confront yourself um, 
and 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 really here's here's a here's another another step in that here's another step in that are you courageous enough to ask a close loving god loving friend to tell you honestly if there are some things in your life that they sense may not delight god's heart that because that's what that's what we're about delighting his heart uh, next week, we're going to look at the, that, the whole principle that, listen, life change happens in the, con- in the context of community. We need one another. Why? Isolation breeds what? Delusion. Uh, and so when we are being so self-protected that we're not willing to allow others into our life, mm, mm, that's saying something. That's saying something. So I, I need to, I need to. I need to understand where I am and and where God is and what's on God's heart. So as, as we look at this t- today, I, I just want to you to know that I'm praying for you and I'm praying for me that the barrier, the greatest barrier, which is pride and self-protection, will not prevent us from experiencing the change that the world so desperately needs. God's wanting to forge his love through his Holy Spirit within our lives so that we can be agents of change, not only in our lives, not only in our families, not only in our community, but in our world. And our world desperately needs to see and experience um, those that are transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. So let me leave you just uh, with one last question. You know, throughout the pandemic, we have been we have been saying God is good and he redeems all he allows. And I've been asking you, you know, how has God been working? What have you seen God doing that really um, helps you to understand and see how God is redeeming a seemingly bad thing? Let me ask you this. I'm going to take it a step deeper now in light of all that is going on within our nation and, and all um, the hurts and the, and the violence and the rights and the hate and all that. Well, see, that, that statement is still true. God is good. And he redeems all that he allows. Would you ask this question? Would you ask this question? Now, God ain't cause this. It's a sin sick um, world in which we live in. And it's our not paying attention that all delights his heart that what really results in this. And, and so I want to encourage you to ask God, God, what step would you have me take? Because here it is. It's been allowed. You didn't cause it. It's Satan. It's sin. It's sickness. It's even our own unwillingness to do what we've been talking about today, to humbly to humbly present ourselves to God and assess where we are to allow him to bring about life change, attitude change in our life. God, what step would you have me take as you redeem this situation, redeem the hate and the hurt and the division that is going, what step would you have us as a body, the church, of Jesus Christ, the hope of the world as followers of Jesus Christ. What adjustment, what step would you have us take 
practically to see healing in our own lives, healing in relationships, healing in our communities and world. Would you make that your prayer? Because God is good and he will redeem what he allows. And I, for one, want to join him in that. Um, I would like for us to turn our attention right now to just a, a time of prayer um, as, as we think about, um, you know, what, what right now uh, is going on within our country outside of the pandemic. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, um, churches across America are joining together uh, with a, this a special time. Uh, to pray uh, for our nation. And uh, I just want to like you to listen uh, to, to, to a couple of verses of scripture and, and, and just make these, you know, a prayer. But, you know, pray for peace uh, because God's word says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Pray for perspective uh, because the wisdom of, uh, from above is first pure, is peaceable, is gentle, it's open to reason, it's full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Pray for patience uh, because of God's kindness and his mercy and patience toward all of us. But most of all, pray for an outpouring of his presence, especially on this day that we celebrate as Pentecost Sunday. Pray for an outpouring of his presence for wisdom and direction for us, for our leaders, for the officials who are dealing with the crisis that we're facing in our nation right now. And pray that God will change hearts and heal the divide that's in our nation. He says, call to me, call to me. Do you have faith? Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. So would you join me by just bowing your heads before the Lord and whatever he lays on your heart. But I want to pray a prayer that one of our, our, our members uh, sent to me this morning on this Pentecost Sunday. And thank you for that. Lord, today uh, is no exception to the rule. We need your presence. We need your power. Lord, your church needs your power. And even, Father, as you open the ears and eyes of your followers on this day of Pentecost, uh, you did to hear the wind and to see the tongues and experience the evidence of your overpowering presence, I pray you open us to a fresh new awareness of your empowering presence with us and working in and through us this day. Father, continue to change us, shape us, grow us into your image, being all that you want us to be and doing all that you want us to do. Yes, Lord. Wash over us with your presence and your power. Let your deep understanding, your love that crosses all boundaries, your courage to speak, your vision that draws us out of our comfort zone, your light that illuminates all darkness, your truth that confronts all lies, your healing that goes deeper than generational sin, your heart for repentance and your reconciliation, your unity, your salvation, your joy. Wash down all over in us and through us on this day. Be glorified. 
in our lives and through your church. And it's in the wonderful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.